I speak to you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen. Speaking as one member of clergy among others, I will um, admit to you we weren't quite making wagers behind the scenes of attendance this morning, but we were certainly wondering, and I have to say that we all underestimated, and it is a delight and a pleasure to see all of you here on this fourth Sunday of Advent as we prepare to celebrate the birth of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We are on the cusp of that celebration, just hours away, and what I would like to do is simply to prepare us for that celebration with some meditations on joy. And I'm not making these up. I would like to turn us to our gospel reading that we've just heard and draw out from this text three reasons to rejoice today. The first reason, God has a plan. In the very first verse of our gospel reading, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And I would pause there and dwell on the fact that what we glean from this simple verse that we've heard so many times and is so familiar, we might be even inclined to just move on, is the fact that God has a plan. And we know this because he sends an angel on the move with a message. And unless I'm mistaken, if I were God, you don't send an angel without a purpose, without a reason for being sent. And that reason is clearly unfolded for us in that he is sent, Gabriel, to bear a message. So, God isn't working aimlessly. He's not flying by the seat of his pants. He has sent this angel at exactly the time that he has always prepared to do so from, the, from before time. And it has come time for him to act on this plan at this time with this angel to, these to this person, that being Mary. Now, we have all different kinds of personalities amongst us, and some of us are planners and some of us are not at all. And if you are in close proximity to someone who is not a planner, maybe you are that someone, you know that that can lead to an anxiety-ridden life sometimes. Not having a plan comes with benefits, but it can be difficult. What we can conclude for certain is that God is not acting without a plan. He has a plan. And that ought to bring us a degree of comfort. That the one who is in control knows exactly what he's doing and why he is doing it and how he's going to do it every second of every day. And this little brief mention of an angel being sent 
should remind us that God is active, working out his plan. So that's the first reason to rejoice. God, in whom we place our faith and trust, has a plan. Thank God that someone does. Number two, this plan of God's includes ordinary, common people. Look at what we read about the recipients of the message, or the recipient, that is. The angel Gabriel was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. That's all we're told. We're not told anything else about Mary or Joseph. Joseph was not a man of reputation. He hadn't made a name for himself. Mary was from humble background. These are not rich people. They're not in the capital. They're in a backcountry region, Nazareth, an overlooked place. And here God, in acting out his plan, has chosen to envelop them into it. And they did nothing to garner the attention of God. They didn't merit it. They didn't earn it. They just were the recipients of God's grace. And we should take comfort here again in the fact that God pays attention, not to people of note only or exclusively, not as the world does, but to common ordinary, everyday people. People who, in other words, the world overlooks and never are remembered. Had it not been for this day and this occasion and the recording in Holy Scripture, we would know nothing of Mary and Joseph. They would have been long forgotten. But because they were in God's plan, God drew attention to them in a way in which no one will ever forget. About this time last year, you may remember, and I'm certain you do, we had a visit of, from some royals themselves, um, Prince William and Kate, here in Boston. And as you remember, they made their way around the city and outside of a little bit. In a number of days with a very strict agenda. They were taken from one place to another, shuffled around very efficiently, according to plan. Someone had planned their time down to the very T, the second. There was not a wasted moment in time. And some people here in this city, or surrounding, were on that agenda. They came not just to visit for pleasure's sake. They came for specific purpose to see specific certain people primarily and to meet with them. And I don't hold that against them at all. They're human just like us. They're limited. Um, their time is limited. Their energy is limited. They can't give themselves to everybody. They have to be selective. All this to say, I want you to contrast this with God who is unlimited, 
does not have to make selections of one over another because he can't give of himself to everybody. He can. He can pay attention to anybody and everybody whenever he wants at the same time without limitation. There is great reason to rejoice in this because he does. It's not just that he could. He does do this, and here is proof of it. He pays attention to common, ordinary people. Everybody has a chance of being the object of God's grace and mercy in his book. So the first reason to rejoice is because God has a plan. The second is that God's plan includes ordinary people. And lastly, thirdly, God's plan, which includes ordinary people, is nothing short of salvation. Salvation. It's bound up in the very name of Jesus. Jesus as a name means God's salvation. Yahweh is salvation. That's his plan. We have so many plans impacting and pressing in on our lives every day. Plans that we aren't even aware of. There are people forming plans to bring wars to a close. There are people forming plans to bring wars to a start. There are people planning to decrease inflation. There are people planning birthdays. You're planning what you're going to eat later today. Surveying all of the plans that this world sees, day in and day out, that impact your life, knowingly or not, who is planning for your salvation? Only this one. Only God. You can't even plan for your salvation. And again, it's not just can he, but has he. And as we approach Christmas, we come to the evidence and the facts of the matter. Yes, he can, and yes, he has. He has provided the way for your salvation. All of this leads up to the natural result in Mary as she bursts out with joy herself. A little later in context, in Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord, she says, and my spirit rejoices, rejoices in God my Savior. The proper way to respond to this announcement, not just for Mary, but for us, is similarly to rejoice. It's the only fitting response. Take heart and rejoice God has a plan. His plan includes you. And it is a plan that will provide for your every need down to your last breath.
and beyond. So I submit those reflections to you as you prepare to celebrate Christmas in a few short hours, wherever you are and wherever you share it with. Amen.